0: This isn't some luxury to be a part of community. If you're going to be a healthy individual, if you're going to have a strong sense of mental health, you need community.
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 18 of the Dig New Streams podcast. My name is Dave Capozzi. I'm your host. And this is uh, the second part of a conversation that I had with Coco the Herbalist uh, that touches on trusting your intuition anti-blackness, and really just sort of connecting with the earth and with yourself in a way that brings about uh, more wholeness and healing. Uh, it's a conversation, uh, this this one and the last one, that I just really am grateful for. Uh, I'm grateful to have Coco as a dear friend uh, in my life. I want to give you a heads up that you are not hearing things. If you hear a lawnmower in the background, it is in the recording from time to time. So just be aware of that, uh, that you will hear a lawnmower and it's not happening in your present moment. It is in the recording. Uh, but as always, thank you so much for listening. I have been just overwhelmed by how, uh, people have supported the, the podcast, how kind people have been about it. And I've loved the feedback that I've been getting. It's been really helpful. Uh, So thank you for that and keep it coming. Um, And if you'd like to stay in touch with the podcast to see what's coming, to see some clips of conversations that I've had with my guests, you can check it out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Dig New Streams Podcast. Uh, Without further ado, here's my conversation with Coco the Herbalist. I wanted to have some more fire talk with you if Mm -hmm. that if this if that can be uh, if we can describe, you know, uh, conversation over, you know, electricity as fire talk. Right.
0: Absolutely. In some way. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) um, When you were in Gabon, you were there for two months. Am I right? Yep. How often how frequent was were the fire talks? Every day. Every day. So (laughs) every day, every day, you're kind of diving into your personal, spiritual, psychological, like the conversations are, are, are they deeply personal or are they sometimes societal? Like what does that look like?
0: All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. So the fire talk, 60% of the medicine. And so anytime that you, have a ceremony where you're ingesting the medicine. Um, the day after is referred to as processing day. Hmm. You normally wouldn't have another ceremony where you're sitting with the physical medicine for at least two days after your, you know, previous ceremony. Hmm. Um, depending upon, you know, circumstances. When I was there, the shaman Maganda um, unfortunately had a lot of deaths in his family, and so oh. there were several, you know, times where he would. know be gone for a few days at a time and we weren't sitting you know with the physical medicine it was all fire talk Mm. so one of the really beautiful things is the tradition buiti is an oral tradition so Hence the emphasis on being honest with yourself and, yeah. you know, not telling lies, um, not getting confused, um, that so much of the role of the shaman is to preserve this oral tradition. Mm. And so it was really powerful, you know, to me to try to lean into that. So, you know, in the West, we're taught to be note takers and you write everything down. And so he encourages, yeah. you know, I us to bring a, tape recorder you know so i use the voice notes on my phone and so even when he wasn't there you know you're just listening to these lessons over and over you know again um in audio form and so it's amazing because him and anyone who's training you know to be a shaman master shaman um they're cataloging over five thousand different herbs and plants in their heads Um, can like walk into the jungle and just like name all this stuff to you. They would take us on these, you know, like jungle walks. Um, They're like naming all the things. And I'm just like, okay, am I spoiled? Like, what is happening to where? I feel like I can't remember anything at all. Like, I'm like, constantly referring to a book. Um, and the thing you'd agitate us around is practice, you know, yes. practice listening that most of us aren't good, you know, listeners. And so sometimes it would fascinate me, I'd listen to a talk, and then listen to it two weeks later, you know, and like, hear all these new things. Yes. And so, you know, <laughs> yes. And so just, yeah, like a fire talk, always um, fire talk now, and then like training your mind, like part of the work is to train your mind, you know, to do the fire talk um, when self-destructive habits want to take over and the ego, you know, wants to take center stage. It's like this practice of fire talk, fire talk, listening to the fire talk, practice saying the fire talk, practice Mm -hmm. thinking the fire talk.
1: Wow. I love that idea that we... They they don't write anything down because it feels like with a limited amount of information, with myopic views, with writing something down or having uh, only a particular set of things that you can refer to, it's easy to manipulate information, to manipulate people. And when you've got someone that you need to listen to and be attentive to, Mm -hmm. uh, to be attentive to yourself in a way that's not reliant upon information that someone else said uh, that you're looking back to, it, it feels like it's more evolutionary, it evolves, it's more open, and less constricted, less, um, potentially, idolatrous, if that's the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and so, I don't know why, for me, thinking about having these conversations, walking through the fields, sitting down at the fire, it feels so powerful, and so healing, Compared to the ways that we look for healing now, which is through gifts and memes on Instagram, like, oh, 10 ways to do this or, you know, 10 ways to not uh, trauma bond or something like that. There's all of these, Hmm. you know, self-help things out there. And this feels like such a more human approach to healing and and life.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, it's like these Black, Indigenous um, cultures, but even, you know, white cultures too, like there's this emphasis on elders teaching and community respecting that there's something um, that is understood that Mm -hmm. comes from living life. And so again, I think I mentioned this the last time that you know, Bwiti is known as the study of life itself. Yeah. And so just this heavy emphasis on people who are living life, people who are reaching the ends of their life, that they're valuable things for them to share around how to navigate, you know, this world. Um there's this, you know, beautiful book of Water in the Spirit. Um, he's an ancestor now, Elder Maladoma Somme. Mm. And he speaks, you know, so much about the importance of kids spending time with their grandparents. Um, mm. That, um, But ironically, that it's not just the, you know, grandparent that's teaching the grandchildren how to adapt to this world, but it's the grandchildren who are Um, reminding the elders around what they need to know to transition to the spirit world and so this you know harmonious relationship of teaching and understanding like what's really important and that's how to live and how to live in a way where you're able to thrive and so Mm. it was just really beautiful that that isn't removed from education it's not removed from learning it's central like you literally (laughs) there's like no fire talk um without (laughs) these elders you know sharing their wisdom and just when I think about you know being a black woman living in the west um the attack you know on our elders the attack on the black family in Mm. general the ways in which um You know, we suffer from our men, you know, being outside of the home, um, just the anti-Blackness in our um, justice system and the ways in which so many families, you know, get broken up through that way or broken up, you know, through, you know, like drugs, broken up through, you know, like just all these Crazy um, systems that are meant to, you know, oppress us, divide us, you know, yes. keep us, um, you know, constantly in this aspiration of, you know, whiteness, and not focused on our own like gifts and talents. Um, and this is one of them. Like this yes. is one of the ways that you know, these families um, in Gabon and other places stay strong, is that there's this deep connection and understanding that we need each other um, on so many, you know, societal levels in terms of, you know, like sharing the responsibility of, of farming. Have, I, oh, my goodness, going out, you know, into the jungle and seeing these women, you know, out there with uh, huge jugs of water on their head, the town I stayed in uh, mm. didn't have, you know, running water. And so like these women with huge jugs of, you know, water on their head, um, or carrying wood, you know, for the fire, um, you know like going out to like harvest um, all the things And it's like that's the role they play and then you know men are playing a different role and the kids you know are doing their thing and it's like this um, absolutely community in every sense you know of the imagination and just mm. recognizing as an african-american woman the ways in which whoa like that does not necessarily have to be the community that i have it's the one that i want and it takes deep intentionality, um, to be in relationship, you know, with other people in this particular way, but especially one of the things that it's felt so missing is like that level of, um, wisdom, like being passed down, you know, from our elders. And so in my family, you know, drug addiction has been a huge thing. And so like literally, you know, had losing like so many generations of elders to alcoholism, you know, drug addiction. I have numerous uncles who have spent the majority, you know, of their lives in jail and that, you know, these elders in my family deserve dignity, respect, you know, love, and just this recognition and awareness that there's something that has been you know, cut like something that has been um, denied to my generation, younger generations um, around that passing on, you know, of, of information and yeah. like understanding about who we are. And so it's just like full circle in that way.
1: That's unreal. And the, the more that you look at the African-American experience in this country, the more you see how often there's been this intentional move to cut off generations from, Uh, each other to split up the family in a way that that does so much damage um and a lot of what you were saying i think is so beautiful because at each stage of life it feels like from my experience of of growing up there's a criticism of either children or adults or grandparents like it's more critique than it is finding the beauty in what what they offer and i think back to um um in the in the christian bible there's this time when um yeshua is talking about children and you know like you're not going to ent- ent- enter into the uh, kingdom unless you have faith like a child which is you know trust like child- i just think that that means curiosity it means what like endless mm-hmm. boundless curiosity imagination mm-hmm. endless questions never like okay, you said so? Cool. Let's do that. Like, Mm -hmm. so children offer this curiosity, whereas the elders offer this wisdom and, and like at our age, well, my age, I know I'm older than you, but like a little bit, you know, like we have this different stage of life that we're providing for. It's just that, that cohesiveness, that, that dance that we're all having together is, Mm -hmm. is meant to be collaborative, not competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do feel like from maybe this is a white culture thing it is segmented well my stage in life is the most important let's just throw the elders let's throw the older people into nursing homes they're no longer useful to us children they're just a nuisance let's send them away for a while uh, it's beautiful to see that sort of cohesive community at work uh, and we need to be reminded of how much we're missing that
0: absolutely and you need it it is <laughs> yeah. I mean, just living in New England, you know, I'm from Nashville. And so, Most of my family is still in Nashville. Like not having that grandparent support, Mm, Um, nothing is real quick. Having a child, Um, it's not. (laughs) Oh, let me run up to the store real quick. Oh, let me you know go go run this errand real quick. Like everything is like. Do we have a diaper bag? The the, the baby poops the minute we get in the car, Um, or even just simple things like you know dating my husband. Um, The strain that Mm. you know having a baby you know puts on a marriage and not like having the support in that way it's like we this isn't some luxury to be a part of community if you're going to be a healthy individual if you're going to have a strong sense of mental health you need community and to have community in ways that feel Mm -hmm. authentic to who you are and not just these like placated ways of this is the society you know you live in and so Mm. we're you know told that um you know, we'll just pay for daycare or just, you know, hire a babysitter, just do all these things. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, are you serious? Um, money, 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 as if, you know, that's everybody's greatest resource. (laughs) Um, and right. then just the truth of the matter of the relational component it's like yes. this level of trust that we're then supposed to put in a capitalistic structure of pay for these things and you all of a sudden have solved the problem of okay do i trust you know my child in these particular situations Will you treat my child with dignity and like all the things and so mm. there i think sometimes community is understated like it's not some luxury it is essential it's a necessity and so especially right. for black people being honest you know know with ourselves around what it means to be more intentional around having a strong sense of community and how in the world can we possibly do that um if there's this forever longing to understand what community meant to the people that we come from the yeah. ways that that you know informs how we're thinking about things why we do the things that we do
1: oh that's so powerful as a as a as a history teacher, <laughs> what I, what I've like, I've always loved history and I, I studied and really gravitated towards church history when I was in seminary and now upon reflection and every time I'm confronted with, well, this is the lesson that's in the curriculum. It's always about legitimately white men going to war with each other over borders, mm. um, over producing over a, la- a land or, or goods or, taking it's all about economic gain and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff It's power uh and so first of all there's there's very little mention in our books our history books that are passed down to us what we learn uh about women who have been key leaders there's very little from the perspective of people who were poor uh of of what it meant to just live a normal life we hear about uh the kings and emperors and how they governed and how they what they did we don't know what uh, I'm saying as a European, a person of European ancestry, mm-hmm. we just, we, we don't, we lose that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, and having been cut off that way, it's so inhumane. It's so yes. inhuman. Uh, and, and that is something that our culture has done very well is cut us off from our humanity collectively.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, I think for all of us, it's important yeah. to have a sense of where we're from and from whom we're yeah. from. Um, yeah. I am clear that there's no serious grounding. There's no sustainability in being grounded um, without that. Hmm. Um, and I think, you know, as a Black woman, just my own experience, you know, being in Gabon, having to really reckon with the fact that. Uh, like all these times where everything seems so great on paper, it's sunny outside, the sun's doing good. Everything's great in the marriage. Like uh, things are good career. Like all this stuff is happening and like just being so down, so depressed, like why, Mm. what's happening, what's going on? Like, why can't I seem to, you know, just get it together? Like, what is wrong? Um, What is wrong with me? Um, It's the real question, you know, that I ask (laughs) myself and it's like, making this reconnection with my ancestral, you know, roots um, is the answer to that. It's that, you know, soul longing for having this sense of knowing around, like, who am I? And and, and where am I from? And it's like, to make that connection, one of the biggest lessons that came out of being in Gabon and sitting with the medicine, you know, for me um, was, and we talked a bit about this last time, it's like, being grounded in the truth, being grounded in, you know, reality, like being honest with yourself around, I'm a unique individual who likes certain things, doesn't like others, has my own preferences, you know, like has my own experiences that those things are right. um, And they're right for me, not necessarily for you. Mm. That is the essence of, in the foundation, I believe, of what it means to have any type of relationship with God. Mm. Like this soul inside of us, navigating us, showing up as our inner intuition, trying to direct us, saying, hey, we like this, or nah, we don't really like that. <laughs> like that is God. That is divine. That mm. is, you know, our connection to the creator. It's like that sense of um, not looking for this outside validation. It's like, what else could God be? But this, like, remind this internal reminder that you are enough, this internal reman- reminder that <laughs> you are connected, um, that there is nothing that you have to be in pursuit of, um, that everything that you need is inside of you. Like, to me, that is God. And so to be mm. in at bone and one of the biggest lessons is trust your intuition trust that still small voice trust um when your soul talks like stop confusing your intuition from some western my experiences say that i should do this it's like what do i say what is the god in me saying Mm. when i get really quiet and honest with myself about what's good for me or what's not good for me and so To have that experience in the context of learning where I'm from, and like the traditions that my ancestors practiced, it, I, in some ways, I have to forgive myself for not getting there sooner, because this was everything that I've been in pursuit of. And so as black people, white people, anybody, any people, it's like to know these like lessons from our ancestry, from our history. It's like, that's what we're in search of because Mm. when it clicks, when it resonates, it's everything. And like, that has been, you know, one of the most helpful things for me, just reintegrating back into a world where everything is still the same. Capitalism is still alive and real. White supremacy is still doing its thing and dancing in the streets. And it's just like, all those things haven't changed. Like the thing that is different is me being grounded, me being like on the ground, like in complete honesty with myself. And I'm just like, thank you ancestors <laughs> y'all been trying to talk to me but it's been real loud in here <laughs> It's been so loud
1: yeah thank you for sharing that because that's like two of the things that i wanted to talk to you about is like is how do we get quiet enough to to or loot or um find a way to quiet that the noise right mm-hmm. and at the same time what does it look like to stay connected with ourselves and what you call the God in me and all that sort of stuff when you're you can't escape all of that, you know, like that white supremacy dancing in the streets. It is, it's dancing all around us. It's like Mm -hmm. it is that that system, that way of thinking has cut us off in so many ways from each other, from ourselves really. And Mm -hmm. why is it that we have to get to a certain age and be like, I don't even know what it why am I so depressed why am I so so disconnected from myself what's happening this this in I'm not sure that the culture is designed to do this but it is the outgrowth of whatever was whatever the system is Mm -hmm. um I I don't know I can't say with certainty I wasn't there when the system was made but it does Mm -hmm. sort of feel like intentionally um disconnect meant to disconnect from ourselves you know
0: I think this is what Capitalism was designed to do. Mm. I saw a meme mm. once that said, uh, we could have invented anything, Dave. We could have invented anything. That's true. We came up with mortgages and credit scores. <laughs> 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 we could have invented anything at all. We came up with mortgages and credit scores. And we did so that some people so that some people could have and others would Absolutely. not have.
1: Absolutely. I had to teach about credit scores because I Anyone that knows me knows this will be the craziest thing. I teach a math class and uh, it doesn't doesn't (laughs) make sense. Um, But I had to teach about credit. I'm like, this is a racist system, not just a racist. it 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 is only designed to benefit people who are born with wealth and who can sustain wealth and build on it. It is absolutely an oppressive system, just like every other part of the system. And know that, know the way it works so that you can try to navigate through it. Mm -hmm. uh and it is it's just so much of the yeah you're right i i think capitalism i think um the the truth is if you look at our history you're you're so spot on it you must know your history and your ancestral um roots you need to know where you come from in order to know where you are and where you want to go and knowing that our history as a nation was founded by European white men for the sake of European white men on the backs of black people Mm -hmm. stolen from their, if you don't know that central part of the way this nation was formed, you don't know anything about the nation you're living in now. Mm -hmm. And the same is true of you what you've said about yourself if you don't know the family that that you come from your ancestral roots the the ways that your family practiced life. Mm-hmm. you don't know who you are now mm-hmm. <laughs> or where you want to go. And you've discovered that. And it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's just the simple question that we can ask ourselves, like from my own story, or like just having this level of agitation or awareness, we can, you know, ask ourselves like, why am I feeling so depressed in this moment, especially if everything else feels right? You know, yeah. could it be this? And let your soul talk to you, let it, you know, answer. It's interesting. Cause especially as, you know, people of faith, um, there are like some really witchy stuff that we get down with and some witchy stuff where we're like, that's too witchy. I don't too like witchy. that. <laughs> you know, it's like, we, it's like, especially growing up, you know, as Christian, um, all the things that, you know, we do like drinking, you know, the blood of Christ and eating the bread of his body. And like, you know, it's all these things, you know, like we'll, we'll do that kind of witchy stuff, but <laughs> right. When it comes But when it comes to, you know, like herbs and thinking about, you know, yes. um, John talking about and then I was caught up to the third heaven. I'm like, you mean astral projection or <laughs> you know, you're sure walking on water? Oh, you mean like lowering his vibration, like many Buddhist folks talk about yes. or like anointing the head, you know, with oil? Oh, you mean like these salves and stuff that people use to, you know, open up their third eye? It's like, we just got to be yes. honest, you know, with ourselves that there's so much anti-Blackness in the way that we think about which practices we even have access to. So especially, you know, when we're looking for guidance, it's really interesting that, um, you know, not all Christian traditions, you know, but like within Catholicism, that you can pray to certain patron saints, you know, but you wouldn't think about potentially talking to your ancestor. It's like, for for what purpose?
1: Yeah. And I think that's interesting because um, there are multiple lenses to look at this through anti-blackness yeah that's obvious i think it's prioritizing whiteness is what's happening Mm -hmm. it's a prioritization of whiteness which means that you then you therefore negate jewishness you negate blackness Mm -hmm. you it is it is a negation of it's it's a discarding of those cultures that actually gave birth to the religion that mostly white people practice in this country now. So mm. because uh, all the things that you just said, there's there's not a white person that would just come and be like, oh, maybe, that, maybe they're talking about this Buddhist thing or mm. that, you know, the, there's no way they would, even though that's exactly what would be happening in the first century. There was this mm. mix of cultures from all over the world in the Middle East. That's mm. why the Roman empire was so successful is because they had it on, like they knew what they were doing with trade routes and all that sort of stuff. And all mm-hmm. these cultures were mingling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we've done is prioritize whiteness and uh, and been anti-Black, anti-Jewish, anti-anything that doesn't affirm what mm-hmm. we have uh, made, you know, we've made Jesus into this beautiful guy uh, that has blue eyes and flowing hair. And, and so that's what he represents. That's everything that he stands for is what I stand for, what America stands for. Uh, and it is it is that means it's anti uh, anything that is indigenous <laughs> black or uh, it is absolutely no. uh, cancerous to what it means to be human.
0: Exactly. You know, and I just want to put emphasis on this for me is not about judging anybody like in where they right. are in their faith walk. Um, the, the questions I'm putting out there are the questions that I've asked myself, and you know, mm. continue to ask myself. And so It's the awareness that's so powerful, like being honest with myself around like what questions one am I scared to ask one of the things I think is really beautiful about um, the Bwiti tradition is that it's all about you being your own witness, um, that Mm. you get to ask, you know, all the questions, you know, that your heart wants to ask. Whereas I was taught growing up as a kid that there's some things that you should just accept blindly, you know, or by, you know, faith, you know, Mm. and faith alone, um, that there's no evidence, you know, of them. And so when you were mentioning the scripture earlier around, Um, you know, to be like a kid again is the only way that we enter the kingdom of God. I just think it's so beautiful that one of the, I feel like primary markers of being a kid is that you're okay with the unknown. You're okay with the, you know, not knowing like you can accept and still live and like have balance without having to have all the answers to things. And so you can ask all these questions, but you're not blown in the wind, you know, when there, you know, aren't these um, black and white, you know, answers to stuff. And so (laughs) just being able to have like that level of, flexibility now as adults, you know, Mm. how important that is to stay grounded, how important it is to know that there are going to be some things that are God things that, you know, I don't know it, um, may never know it, um, or may, you know, have the the beauty and the privilege of getting to know it once this expression of life transitions, you know, into something else, Mm. um, and that that's okay. And so, so much of you know, where I've been stretching and, and growing is to just be more comfortable with the the unknown and having deeper appreciation, you know, there. And so like just being in awe of the, you know, curiosity and wonder of kids in that way and thinking about how to integrate that more into my practices.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. That, so well that actually brings something up for me? You're speaking of your practices, another way that we miss out on being what it being human is a sort of a discounting of herbs and things that come from the land. And you talked about Iboga in the last, uh, time we, that's last time we spoke, but you, you're an herbalist and a lot of what you do is, is teach about how the earth can heal us and what it can provide for us. Um, and what does that, I guess, what does that look like in your daily practice to sort of, um, of, of life? Uh, how are you incorporating those things in your life on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, the primary way is through food. I think yeah. sometimes, you know, we get focused on healing, and we forget to do the simple stuff, you know, it's yeah, like, oh, right. we're eating Big Macs talking about, oh, I can't figure <laughs> out <laughs> why my blood pressure is so high. It's just like,
1: <laughs> so you know, So I, yeah, so we take medicine to fix <laughs> The
0: thing exactly. That we're doing, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I really try to operate from a better pro um, better, best approach. Um, mm. It's like all of us can make some better steps towards, you know, healthier living. And I'm clear that these bodies don't last forever. Um, so enjoy it. Like you're going to eat the cake. I'm not eating the vegan cake, you know, not anymore. There was a time where I would eat the vegan cake, but I just like, you know, I'm going to eat the cake, you know, that I want to eat. I'm going to enjoy the things that I want to enjoy. Um, So this better, best approach in that. But if I get sick, I know what I need to do right here and right now. I need to cut those things out, focus on, you know, like fresher things, giving my body an opportunity um, to do what it already knows how to do. Mm. And that's one of the most beautiful things is that, you know, working with the earth is really working with yourself. It's like you're if you don't do anything at all, your body more often than not, like we'll go through the process of like detoxing, um, attempting to heal itself. It's like, oftentimes we can get in our body's way because we'll put all sorts of things inside of it that cause inflammation, you know, and all this stuff. Mm. And so, you know, I'm like, all of us can make some better steps. And then when it's necessary, like when the body's not performing at its best, we get sick, those sorts of things. Okay. Then we may need to be like a bit stricter, you know, with our approach, but it's like, if you're doing things, you know, a good majority of the time to maintain great health, then your body knows what to do. When you put that garbage piece of (laughs) deliciousness inside of it, (laughs) it knows to get rid of it. The issue becomes, you know, when we just have lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, like, actually, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. That's good. That, and I, I actually appreciate earlier that you were like, this isn't about judgment. The truth is, we all have been, again, born into a McDonald's culture, right? So mm-hmm. it is what we're fed from a very early age. That's like, it's quick, 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 quick. We we've been fed fast food from the beginning, and so like from the time that we, we were born, at least, you know, um, that that's what it's been. So to, I love what you said about, um, to connect with the earth is to connect with myself. Something about, what did you Mm -hmm. say there? Can you say that phrase again, if you remember what it was?
0: Yeah. You can't connect with the earth without connecting with yourself, you know, you know, and there's so many like references and like, different traditions around that being the case, right. That, you know, we are the earth that literally everything that's in the earth is, you know, inside of us, you know, from Mm. the earth we were formed. Um, And so literally like when we're eating things that our body was designed to eat, we support it in doing the thing that it was designed to do. And that's to detox regularly and to, you know, like, um, rebuild, um, regeneratively when we sleep and, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and so what I think is, you know, just really beautiful. And this has taken me a while to learn, um, It's like my practices when I first started, and they've taught me a lot, were really strict, a serious focus on discipline. Um, You know, but a lot of that came out of the way I was raised, you know, as a young Christian, um, Mm. that there's a right way to do things and there are wrong, you know, ways to do things. Um, And so like, as I've grown in my own understanding of, um, you know, what the body does and like how incredible, you know, it is um, and all the ways in which wow, you know, sometimes we don't have to do, you know, much. Um, if I just focus oftentimes on like what I'm eating and things like that, then most other things, you know, will resolve themselves, but being a certified, you know, herbalist, it's beautiful to be able to support people when things go wrong. Right. Mm. So it's like, okay, let's, you know, make some adjustments here, but then here's some other really incredible things that we can throw into the mix, you know, to support our bodies. But now having, you know, this greater sense of, um, appreciation for the body and what it's able to do has freed me up to just be um you know more flexible when it comes to all the wonders of you know what food and like culturally um how that interacts with us and what it means for you know relationships Mm -hmm. I can remember talking to one of my um elders in new orleans you know telling her about you know veganism and all this other stuff and she was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. so you mean <laughs> to tell me like you know what big mama fed me like those things you know weren't good and da 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 and i was like no that's not what i'm saying uh that's not what i'm saying
1: <laughs> yeah. at all
0: please please don't yeah. be upset with me um <laughs> you know but her huge agitation was around culturally um that food isn't just food like and food isn't just physical like food is psychological Um, And we know that, um, hence binge eating or, Mm. you know, like that we food is often, you know, an active part of celebration, Mm. um, you know, and how we express love, you know, to one another. Um, I learned really early, don't cook when you're mad. Like there's a certain energy, you know, that you put in the food, uh, my mother would say, you know, like all these things matter. And so just being really, you know, honest with myself now around, yes, I still want to have access culturally to foods within um, my tradition that, um, meant everything about survival, yeah. meant everything about innovativeness, yeah. were designed to nurture communities that other people had given up on.
1: Right. Um, and
0: so it's like I eat those foods and psychologically I benefit in so many ways. Psychologically mm. I'm reminded of you know who I'm connected to, where I'm from. Um, I can tell like I mm. I I could probably taste test my way through <laughs> this was from the South. I, I, I know certain dishes, I know how you make your bread pudding if you're from New Orleans or not. Like, oh. Like there's certain things, you know, that I'm like clear about, and so all those things really matter too. So I just think it's really beautiful um, that food is just food, herbs like these things are way more complex than just mm, what we put in our mouth. Like they have so an energy true. to, And Buiti talks about like every living thing has a spirit, and so just <clears> this <throat> thought that every time we eat and consume something, we're consuming the spirit of life. Um, and so recognizing that that is important, and we should be thinking about that in our choices.
1: So what that brings up in my mind is recently I saw this organization that was like, well, every time we cut down a tree, we plant another one or something. I'm like, it's not that simple. (laughs) You're, you're extinguishing life. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not, you're not just like, oh, cool. So we got more. That means we still get the equal amount of oxygen or something like that. It's trees have life in them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like we do they're they're part of what it makes us alive what makes us uh the the ability for us to thrive and so much of what it means to to be alive is to to be in cooperation with the earth with ourselves but so often as some we both experienced anxiety and depression we're at war with ourselves we're Mm -hmm. at war with the earth in many ways we're just at ourselves and the earth and I, I love what you talk about so often is like a deep connection to each other, to ourselves, to, to the ground. Uh, and I think the more we can talk about that and pay attention to what's happening in our bodies, what's happening in uh, around us, uh, what energy we're putting out there, what energy we're taking in, uh, we can only benefit from being more conscious of those things. Yep. And just talking to you always allows me, gives me a reminder of that. But it's it's not something that I've thought of er, herbal um, medicine, er, uh, you know, herbs, natural resources. That uh, it's not something that has been a, a conversation for me except for with you. And so I'm really grateful for that. Um, how what you've taught me that way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
1: hmm. So okay, um, what can people do to sort of? take a step in that direction? It feels sometimes like a lot, right? Um, Often when these conversations happen, people feel like they got to go all or nothing. It's like hard in the paint or just nothing at all. Um, And how can someone sort of start to make some steps towards, you know, herbal living, like uh, eating more sustainably and all that sort of stuff? What's a simple first step?
0: simple first step is cutting out processed foods and being more intentional about just eating more fruits and vegetables. Like mm. that's probably the simplest, you know, that it gets. Mm. Um, I think another good step from there is being honest with ourselves around what we want, you know, and our preferences and our choices. And so, you know, I meet many people who think it's about being vegan, um, you know, or think it's about like having to, you know, like be an herbalist uh, that they have (laughs) to become an herbalist, you know, themselves. Um, And that's not the case. Like, I think the goal um, should always be to be more authentically yourself and so being Mm. honest about you know if you don't like the taste of certain things that may be an indication of something Um, some of the people you know I work with Um, We pay attention to, you know, like eating right for your blood type and like making, you know, certain changes based upon, um, you know, what your body's telling you. So uh, I remember when I got pregnant, um, I used to love to eat quinoa, um, but then I like started eating quinoa while I was pregnant. And. My son was like, absolutely not. Like, it would make me <laughs> so sick, you know, to my stomach. Uh, to this day, you know, he doesn't eat Whoa. quinoa. Like, he eats quinoa he says it hurts his, you know, stomach. And so, who am I to tell him quinoa is a superfood and it, you know, it's this it has all these great amino acids in it that come together and form complete protein. It, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't care. It hurts my stomach. Wow. And so, being honest with yourself around. What do you enjoy? Do you notice when you eat certain foods, you know, that it upsets, you know, your stomach, um, that it makes you itchy, um, like all these things. And so, you know, just starting to pay more attention instead of, you know, just adopting all these cookie cutter ways that we're taught about what it means to be healthy or what we're supposed to do. And if you get stuck, you have resources. Um, Mm. So I'm an herbalist. You can schedule consultations with me um, or you can find other herbalists, you know, and have authentic conversations with them about your own unique needs like we have so many resources we just need to you know open our our mouths and be honest about this is what I need and this is what I'm working towards um, and there are folks here to support you and help you
1: I love that okay we may need to have a consultation that we don't record uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I can... <laughs> so i could get get on that path for myself once it's it's one of the sad things of life that you have to sometimes it's not until you've recognized that you're not invincible that you start to realize you need these things and i think it's not in, until you have kids and you're more towards middle age that you're like oh wait a second it hurts when i get up in the morning when i when i bend over. i mean my students are like i'll bend over to grab something i'll be like ah, like, what are you like 80 years old? I'm like, oh, no, this is 41. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll get here too someday. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I don't know, I wonder, you know, uh, I know everyone's sort of in awe of someone like Tom Brady, who can be like 45 years old and still in peak condition. And I don't know what he does with his diet, but I know he talks a lot about, it, about that. But I know that what it looks like is taking really good care of your body and what for me every conversation with you this conversation the last one is a reminder of every time is not um it's not just one segment everything is incorporated it's a holistic approach it's body mind spirit uh nature all of it it works in collaboration to produce a life that is worth living that we want to live that that feels connected and, and not at war <laughs> with ourselves. And, um, and it's, it's really powerful to hear that this way of thinking and living can have uh, a part to play in what it looks like for us to not experience depression in the same way. You know, it's not like, I'm sure you're not offering this magic bullet, you know, that's like, oh, I've cured this or that. Um, but the ways that we combat Uh, So many of the ailments in our, our society is through a pill or um, through, you know, some kind of attempt at like, oh, just do this and you'll be fine. It, this is way more expansive. uh, And, and I, I find that encouraging and something worth going after. I know that it takes work, especially when you've been going one direction your whole life. Um, But there's always I think in so many faith traditions, but because of ours that we're, we, we are from the word repent is the one that we use. It's like you change mm-hmm. your direction. You're going, I was going that way. That wasn't live, leading me to life. This one, this way does. Uh, mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like you're offering people a way to repent, a way to like change direction, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to borrow from what? Christianity a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: What I'll say is this, you know, I've tried many, many things um, to help support, you know, my own um, struggles with anxiety um, and depression. And so, as an herbalist, um, you know, by law, I do not treat, diagnose, um, cure any types of diseases. Um, So, let's Mm. be crystal clear about that. Mm. Um, My work with plant medicine is about being a bridge and connecting people with harm reductive and natural options of thinking about what their own healing journey looks like for them. I love that. So being really, really honest with ourselves around, okay, if you're doing these things, um, are they working, you know, for mm. you? One of the things I love about Tea it's like, look, heal now. Um, you actually have access, you know, to heal now. So if you're doing something you've been doing it for 20 years, you might want to consider, you know, some other options um, if you're doing mm. something and it doesn't feel right to you. If you're doing something because your doctor said do it or somebody else said do it um, and it's not resonating with you, you're not seeing results. Then I for me, it just feels like um, an, 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 an easy answer to I as much as possible want to try harm reductive, natural things. And there are plenty of people um, who are having so much um, success with being able to make real improvements um, in places where they felt, you know, stuck and in places where, you know, they've been told that they'll never be able, you know, to um, achieve anything other than managing um, particular things that were bothering them. And so, mm. what I love about plant medicine is it doesn't care anything about your symptoms. Um, if you're trying to treat a symptom, it's like, yeah, that's great, but what's going on with this thing over here inside of you? What's going on, you know, with that? And so, that's what I care about. Um, mm. I want you know things at their core, you know, to be addressed. And so, yeah. So for folks who, especially if you've never worked with plant medicine before, um, you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to me. I'd love to answer, you know, any questions that you have, um, Mm -hmm. in that way, but just really encouraging people to tell yourself the truth. And if what you're doing is working for you, then wonderful. Keep doing that thing. But if there are places where you're noticing, yeah, it could be better or, hmm, um, I am, I have, um, I have given up on the thought that all I can do is just manage this thing that Mm. actually there is no opportunity to heal. Um, The best course of action is to just figure out how to live with this thing that is out of harmony, um, out of balance with me. Then, yeah, ask more questions about what plants can do for you.
1: thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this conversation inspired new thoughts or questions within you. Until next time, peace, my friends.